Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. From the Backburner podcast is sponsored by Birch Barrel. Hey, if you guys haven't seen the Birch Barrel, I mean, you know, a lot of times if you get kind of one of those cheap charcoal grills or whatnot, you get about one good season out of it. And by the end of that year, you know, its legs are starting to rust. It's, it's, it's not in all the best shape, but the Birch Barrel, I can tell you, I've, the one I've got literally is just a beast. I mean, it, it, Got smashed with monsoon winds last year, thrown up against a block wall. I've beat it up in the bed of my truck, traveling with it. It's portable um, for those of you guys who haven't seen that. But if you're in the market for a birch barrel, visit birchbarrel.com. Check out their whole line of everything birch barrel. And when you're ready to check out, use my promo code BURNER, B-U-R-N-E-R at checkout uh, for a discount. Hey, folks. Welcome back to From the Backburner Podcast. My name is Jonathan O'Dell, and I am your host, I have a very, very special guest with me today. Uh, when we started this podcast, I was thinking about, man, you know, who, who would I really like to get on this podcast? And, and this guy was certainly in the top 10 list for me. Um, he's, a, he's a guy who really doesn't need a lot of introduction, but I think I'm going to give him some just a little bit um, to, uh, to introduce him to you. Uh, he, well, first of all, you know, he's the current Bellator heavyweight champion uh, for mixed martial arts. Uh, he's the only guy who's ever held the, the heavyweight and light heavyweight titles at the same time. He won season eight of Ultimate Fighter uh, on TV, you guys may have seen. He's NCAA, double NC, NCAA, two years in a, in a row, you know, All-American, you know, division wrestling champ, you know, and then even going back into high school, like this guy has been pretty much fighting his, uh, most of his life yeah. <laughs> in one form or another. But I want to introduce you to uh, Ryan Bader, a.k.a. Darth Bader. Uh, welcome to the program with me. I appreciate it, buddy. Thanks hey, for having me. Quite the intro. <laughs> well, I, you know, I mean, I, I don't think you need that intro, but I mean, when, when you stack up all of, you know, your achievements and accomplishments, it's, it's really, really impressive. It's kind of crazy to look back, you know, and, and been involved in athletics my whole life growing up. Yeah. And, you know, wrestling was a big thing. Football was big for me. And then, um, you know, in high school, um, loved both. We were on a very good football team in Reno, Nevada, won the state championship, beat the Vegas schools. I was like, maybe I want to play football, you know? And then uh, went to one last wrestling tournament and I'm doing really well and starting to get really heavily recruited. Ended up coming down to, to ASU in 2001. You know, that's yeah. how I, I, when I first came down to Arizona and, um, you know, wrestled there and, and looking back, you know, it's just kind of what I did, you know, I wanted to be an athlete, I wanted to compete, and I competed in combat sports a lot, you know, wrestling, and then obviously getting into mixed martial arts, but when that ended after college, right, it's all right, as a wrestler, you either go on and have Olympic aspirations, or you're pretty much done, and I didn't have those aspirations, I was wrestling since I was seven years old, I was kind of over it, over it really, I was burnt out, sure. and doing that year round, and, and uh, mixed martial arts was becoming big at the time, Ultimate Fighter was on, and it was really 
starting to explode. And I had a lot of friends on the ASU wrestling team that wanted to go immediately and do that and then try that. And I was kind of on the fence. I'm like, yeah, it would be fun, but you know, I want to live a normal life. I, I don't want to go to the gym if I don't want to, you know, <laughs> I've been doing that my whole life. And then, uh, immediately missed that after a month, you know, and then, uh, um, you know, got a, uh, as I say, a real job and, and realized really quick that I didn't want to do that. And said, Hey, you know, hell, I'm going to go train and see what it's about and end up being pretty damn good and went in and started training and took a fight and it snowballed from there to, you know, however many years later, you know, have a couple world championships and, and, you know, 39 years old and still at the top of the game. So, yeah, no, I, I, a lot of folks have said, you know, you are, are probably one of the best. Um, to ever kind of enter into the mixed martial arts sports. Yeah, I mean, obviously, obviously you have like, uh, you know, there, there's a, a ton of people, you know, you can say that, but I feel like I've kind of flown under the radar and, and um, you know, if it, you look at the list of who I fought, who I beat and all that, it's, you know, I don't usually do that, you know, there's right. a time I'll look back and be like, man, that was pretty cool, you know, look who <laughs> I fought and, and, you know, I have a high thirties, like 39 fights, you know, and, and, uh, just kind of crazy to, um, to like make that journey back to where it all started and to where we are now. Yeah. Well, and, and so Ryan and I were actually at ASU at the same time. Um, I was, you know, the, the geek over in the, in the science department, yeah. <laughs> learning biology and chemistry and, and all that, um, for, for, uh, my direction in wildlife, but you were out there on the mats just just tearing it up. I mean, your name was fairly regularly said. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was fun, you know, and, and that, you know, there's, there's different levels, right? In high school, you're, you know, there's, I was very good and, you know, state champion, all that. And my high school wasn't very good. And so I wasn't really pushed and challenged. And then I came to ASU and, you know, we were the swim team, the track team, the wrestling team. I mean, we were out there doing everything, you know, and, and the, the track team were, would look up at us and we we're doing, you know, the preseason stuff, puking all over the bleachers and all that. And they're like, <laughs> who are these guys and what, what's happening here? And that was a different level, you know? And then we pushed each other day in and day out, you know, um, registered my freshman year. And so I had five years of that, you know, and um, still have, you know, my best friends are from that wrestling program, you know? And, um, you know, obviously that was a good transition going from that how to work, how to get the result you want into going to mixed martial arts. And that's why you saw a lot of those wrestlers be successful and dominate in that sport because they were already doing that, yep. you know, and they just had to learn new skill sets, but they had the mentality, they had the work ethic and everything that is needed to be successful. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I, I read at some point, um, uh, some commentator said that, that, you know, I think what helped to aid your success was, was the wrestling um, because it helps you with takedowns and, and all that kind of stuff. It just you helps kind of you, just yeah, solid practice of that for years and years. I mean, it helps you in life too, you know, on the physical aspect, you can dictate where the fight goes. You know, if you're like, all right, this guy's a really good striker. I'm going to get him to the ground and, and play that game. Or if, um, you know, once you develop those skills and you're like, this guy's really good in jiu-jitsu, I'm going to keep it on the feet. He's not going to take me down basically. <laughs> right. And you go to the life aspect. I mean, you, you work hard at something to achieve that goal, right. you know? And so a lot of high level wrestlers have that mentality, whether they go into business or anything else or like, all right, I got to put a ton of work in more than everybody else. Cause I want, you know, why to happen. 
and I got, uh, how am I, what am I going to do to achieve that? I'm going to work harder than everybody else. I'm going to be disciplined. My work ethic is already there and let's go do it, you know, right. instead of, you know, bouncing around and half-assing it, you know, a lot of, a lot of those guys have the mentality. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm, uh, I'm sure my listeners out there right now are kind of going, okay, what is up with this podcast at this moment? How does it tie in? <laughs> But I think, uh, you know, something that uh, a lot of folks don't know about you is you're a fairly outdoorsy guy mm -hmm. um, who hunts. I mean, you, you grew up hunting yeah. uh, in Nevada. Oh, yeah. I mean, ever since I was little, you know, my, uh, my grandpa, my dad, my uncle, um, you know, I was born in northern Idaho, and my grandpa and dad, all them were kind of ranching up there, and, and um, we all moved to Reno, Nevada when I was real young, and... Um, between, you know, them, cousins, myself, all that, you know, we've went on every hunt you can imagine in, in Nevada, you know, sheep hunts, deer hunts, antelope, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, and, uh, looking back, I mean, that, that's what we looked forward to, you know, in the, in the summer, oh man, the hunts are coming, you know, we got this antelope tag in August, you know, right. me and my cousin be all, all pumped and, and, you know, and my dad and them, we went hard. I remember, I could maybe seven years old, you know, we were, we were up in, uh, uh Northern Nevada, Oregon border, you know, and on the Sheldon it's called and and I'm no kidding. Like a easy day would be 20 miles on top of these, of these, uh, you know, plateaus basically, cause you got to walk through these big, you know, dry lake beds and all that where all the antelope were. And obviously there's no access up there. And, and uh, that was an easy day. I remember walking back crying, you know, and then we do it again the next day, you know. So it wasn't, it wasn't hunting like, oh, you know, we're road hunting, doing this. We, you know, my dad and them all went hard. You know, we went all the sheep hunts and all that kind of stuff. And, and I loved it. And um, that was just part of, part of life and something to look forward to. And that, that never really left me. During college and wrestling season, you know, I, I kind of had to take a step back from it a little bit because every weekend we were you know, you can't miss a practice and all that, you know, but then right after that, I got back into, uh, all right, what does Arizona have to offer? Because, you know, I come from Nevada and did everything there is to do in Nevada. But then what I realized, Arizona was a great state, you know, one of the best for hunting after that, you know, I was all in and, and, um, yeah, still doing it. My kids are into it. I try to get them, you know, in that, in that same walk of life and, and teaching them and, and making a, uh, making it fun for them, having a good experience for them. And, and, uh, they're, you know, seven and nine, my boys are, and my, my girls eight and, um, trying to definitely get them and they already are really into it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it was a while back. I saw, I think it was a video either on, it was one of your social media pages. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was a, it was a video of you chasing your wife around with a dent <laughs> oh, yeah. the house or something a couple of years ago. So. Yeah. I used to mess with my, well, I still do, but, uh, my brother-in-law and, and, uh, you know, doves will come over here and hit the, hit the uh, windows all the time. And so right. obviously wives are a little squeamish with that. So right, right. thanks for a good video. <laughs> So, so, uh, which, uh, what hunts do you, do you look forward to? I mean, at this point? Yeah. I mean, so been involved with the outdoor experience for all, which, uh, takes hundred percent disabled vets out hunting, right? right. You, you get a tag and say somebody and you know, whatever, 22, they've waited a ton of years to draw that tag. They don't like the year or whatever it is. They can't hunt. They can turn that back into the foundation and they can give it to hundred percent dis disabled vet. 
And uh, I've been having a blast helping those vets out, you know, and uh, the last, what, three or four years kind of started that and getting more and more involved. And, and um, you know, we have one coming up. It, she's a friend of mine, the vet, and she has a, a 22 North early rifle bull tag, okay. you know. And so we went out last weekend looking for, you know, scouting a little bit, finding some good bulls for her and stuff like that. And I, I do, I love elk hunting. I love coos hunting. Yeah. Cause you're hunting. And so, um, uh, but I, I do love, I do love elk. And so even if I don't draw a tag, you know, I, I actually have more fun helping people out. You know, if my wife draws one, some friends draw, you know, then obviously you bring that other aspect of the, of the disabled vets coming in, you know, um, it, we've had a, a triple amputee Vietnam vet, you know, and then we've had, you know, able-bodied, you know, top of the spear kind of guys, you know, and, and, uh, it's just a blast to get that camaraderie, um, what they've been missing, you know, right. and, and to get out. Uh, we try to make it fun for them where we're all hanging out, you know, um, you know, after the hunt, you know, get back, you know, have some beers, cook up some good food and go do it again, hunt hard. But uh, I think a lot of those guys, they miss that. Like, all right, what's the mission? What's our objective today? you know, go, go, go do that. And then, you know, come back and have that camaraderie. So, um, those are the ones I look forward to the most. And, and, um, you know, I like to get out, like I said, we were out last weekend trying to, you know, trying to scout and all that. It's not our tag, but we want to be successful and help them out for sure. Right. No. And it's, it's, I, I knew, you know, you, you give back a lot into, into the outdoor experience for all. I remember when outdoor experience for all started, mm-hmm. um, and the, and the mission has changed over time, but I just, I just remember, uh, Eddie, um, Eddie Corona who's the founder of there. <clears throat> I remember him, uh, he, he was, uh, he was just angry one day. I mean, like just, you never see that guy upset very much, but yeah. this day he was, he was, he was pretty ticked off. And cause what he had found out was that this, uh, this kid with terminal cancer, uh, he, all he wanted to do was, I think he just wanted to go on a hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, kid, I don't know if he'd ever hunted before or not, but um, uh, Eddie had found out through channels or whatnot that Make-A-Wish Foundation wouldn't uh, condone or, or, you know, facilitate that. The hunting and side of it. Hunt, yeah, yeah. Facilitate him going on a hunt. I mean, they just, they weren't for it. And so he was, he was super angry and mad. And he's like, you know what? I'm, <laughs> he's, and it, I think it was th- around that time is when that idea was born in his yeah. brain where he's like, no, we, you know, if somebody wants to go out hunting, we're going to take them. And then, he, you know, he kind of expanded it, grew a little bit more. He's like, well, let's just, let's provide any outdoor experience. If they want to fish, they want to camp, yeah. I mean, whatever, you know, like this is, this is what yeah. we love and, and stuff like that. And it, it shouldn't, you know, it shouldn't be that hard yeah. um, to take someone who in this particular situation. And then over time, I mean, it, you know, he had a, a lot of uh, terminal folks, um, you know, kind of come through there and, and, you know, yeah. really changed uh, the game for, for, um, uh, tag turn-ins and, yeah. and changing rules and laws um, here in the state to, to facilitate a, a lot of these folks. And then, yeah, kind of grew into the, the yeah. veterans and disabled. And, and I mean, it's, it's just incredible to see in, in this amount of time, like what's, what's happened with it. You oh, know? absolutely. And some of the stories are just, you know, incredible. And the people were too. And, you know, just who, who you meet through that whole process. Yeah. You know? I mean, I haven't, I haven't, um, you know, taken one of the kids out, which, I mean, that would be, you know, very emotional kind of deal, right. you know, taking a kid with terminal cancer or, mm-hmm. or whatnot, you know. Um, I definitely want to get more involved on that side. Um, we, have, we have so many cool experiences from, you know, the, uh, the veteran side, you know. Right. Our last veteran brought a little vial of his buddy's ashes, you know, he gave them to a bunch of his, his guys, and, and when he passed away, 
he said, hey, if I end up passing away, you know, bury this on a cool hunt, you know, underneath the animal, whatever. And so the last, last September, you know, we, we took him out, got him an elk and yeah. And then we're all standing around. He told the story, buried the vial. We're all emotional and all that. It's just crazy, you know, and it's, it's super cool that there is something like that for, for guys to be able to, you know, come up and everybody's like, all right, what's the catch? What do I got to do? Nothing. Like show up, you know, we'll make it a good time. And, and, uh, you know, Eddie's awesome, and, and that vision, too, to go out there and help help these kids, help these veterans, you know, that's it's what's needed, you know, and then obviously make it fun, yep. and, and it's, it's perfect. Yeah, I, I think, you know, one of the fortunate things is that more often than not, he's got more tags than people oh, yeah. um, available, and, and so that's a really, you know, huge benefit to, to just hunters yeah. uh, in and of themselves who, you know, are willing to donate tags or whatnot. Yeah. And, that's what I, I'm trying to just, you know, I have a lot of friends in that military circle, you know, and, and trying to get them in that program because, like you said, a lot of times, you know, like, hey, I got this great tag. You know, but pe- people get busy in their life, and, and it's kind of like the same thing. If, I, if somebody was like, hey, we have these tags for X, Y, and Z, and I was part of that group, and they're like, just come to Wyoming, and we'll set you up. You know, it's kind of a big ask, right? right. But, you know, if you – little do they know – literally show up, you know, and you have guys helping, you know, like, you know, we've got bulls here, whatever, here and there. And that's, what's great about the people that help, help this organization out. Right. You know, um, they come up, feed you all that kind of stuff and get to go hunting. There's no, there's no better thing, you know? So, uh, but I get that aspect of it. I think last year they had something 500 something tags, you know, and, and, uh, it's helping a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. So, I want to ask you, how does hunting fit into your kind of fighting training schedule now? Um, yeah, so that's, that's the biggest thing, right? It's, um, um, I'm 39 years old. I'm getting to the end of my career. You know, um, I have three fights left on my a new contract I did. Um, it's always been, you know, in my mind, I want to say kind of hunting comes first, but it's my career, you know, and so if I get a fight, you know, in November or October, I mean, a month out from a fight, I can maybe take a couple of days off and go do what I need to do. Um, and I can train around it, you know, but the mindset's different. I'm always in my head kind of thinking like, should I be here or right. should I be in the gym? <laughs> and, you know, my training, I take it very serious, you know, and, and, um, so when I have like a, you know, August fight or anything, it's, it's perfect. I'm like, oh, perfect. This is going to be good hunting season, you know, and, and I love to help people out. I love to go on friends hunts and all that kind of stuff too. So um, I did have a fight in October during the heavyweight Grand Prix tournament style format where I won the heavyweight belt. You know, I had a uh, 5B South archery tag, early archery. Right. And I'm like, it's four weeks out from the fight. I was like, well all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to train, you know, Monday, Monday through Sunday and make up those days I'm going to miss, you know, and then I, I took five days for that hunt, right. you know, and knowing that, you know, I made up those days and whatnot. But um, so I, I kind of just try to work around it, really. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I would imagine. I mean, it's you have a pretty busy schedule when it's, when it's go time for sure. Oh so. yeah. hundred percent. And then, <laughs> you know, you're out camping and whatnot and you're like, 
you know, we all kind of eat yeah. not great food, <laughs> yeah. you know? And so I'm like, my buddies are eating, you know, hamburgers and, and whatever. And I've got my like prepackaged meal I brought, you know, I look like a little diva out there, but you know, it just, just work around it, you know? And, and, um, I've been able to go on, on most of the hunts I've had and, and, you know, if I wanted to help somebody out, kind of same deal. Yeah. Well, to your point there about, you know, um, your, your diet and nutrition, um, you know, do you work in game meat that you harvest? Oh, kind of, I mean, is that a, you know, yeah. something you look forward to? Yeah. Or? The, um, you know, my wife and I both had uh, like late bull tags two years ago and, you know, and so we had two elk in the freezer there and, and my whole family loves elk, you know, right. and so, um, I try to work that in a ton, best lean organic meat you can get, you know, right. and, um, um, had an antelope tag too. And, and my wife was like, antelope, huh? I'm like, yeah, like try it. And it's one of her favorites, you know? <laughs> and so I definitely, I, I, as a heavyweight, it's different at 205. Um, not the foods, foods I eat. I just eat less, but I just eat whole foods, like real food, mm. and especially at heavyweight. I can eat as much as I want. You know, and so I like to obviously get that lean protein, which the best you can get is different game meat, you know. Mm -hmm. And so we, we do eat uh, a lot of elk. We like coos deer, you know, really any hunt we go on, we got a, a freezer stocked full of meat. Yeah. What's, what's the, the go-to meal preparation in the Bader house for wild um, game? Yeah, I mean, I, so I love food. Like, don't get me wrong. I love <laughs> I love food. Like right now, I don't have a fight scheduled. I, I eat clean, but if I want to go have five tacos, you know, I go do it, you <laughs> right. know, and I, I like to try different stuff, but it's just real boring. Honestly, it, it's uh, sweet potatoes, veggies, and some lean protein or yeah. fish. And that's pretty much a staple. And yeah. you'll, I'll sub out different carbs, you know, like a rice or whatever. Yeah. And I can eat white rice because I train twice a day and, and all that kind of stuff. And then, um, um, just really just try to eat clean. And like I said, if I want to like on a weekend, just to kind of reset, I'll go eat some bad food in training camp and sure. be like, okay, that's why I don't do that. You know? <laughs> do, you have, do you have like a favorite preparation on any of your game, you know, just grilled or. Yeah. Um, I like to do like a reverse sear mm -hmm. on a little, uh, you know, elk tenderloin, um, you know, Basically, smoke it like real low for a little while, then crank up the heat, put some butter on it, and sear it a little bit. It's probably the best way that I've uh, my favorite way to prepare. Yeah, prepare anything, and then I'll do a lot of like just you know, for me, it, having something readily available like in my fridge when I come home. I usually train a couple hours in the morning, a couple hours in in the afternoon, and so when I come home. If I don't have anything, it's not like I'll eat bad, but, you know, but if I have a bunch of elk burger right there, you know, that I've made, right. th throw some of that veggies and rice, you're good to go. Mm -hmm. One of the best meals you can, can eat and then refuel for that second training session. Sure. So is there, is, is, there, is there any species out there that you're like, kind of, you haven't hunted yet that are, that's kind of on your radar or wish list or whatnot? I think, um, so I did a, some little training with the, uh, with the, with another vet. He was a ranger, went into the, you know, GRS, like the CIA stuff and all that. And, um, we came out and did some like shooting and stuff. And, and he has a, 
they built a, a huge training for facility down in Texas and they have, uh, um, they have some Audad tags down there. And he's like, Hey, we're going to want to film, film the hunt, whatever. We just want you to come down and kill a big Audad, you know, and yeah. these aren't fenced in or anything like that. Um, and so that's something I've kind of had my eye on, wanted to do. Um, and I would love to get, um, uh, we went up to British Columbia. My grandpa took us up there after I graduated college, took, you know, my, my dad, my uncle, me and my cousin up to British Columbia. And we were, you know, 18 days in a, a wall tent up there, you know, hunting caribou and moose and all that kind of, of course, my dad and grandpa and all of them went off to do all the cool stuff, you know, um, doll sheep and whatnot. Uh, but I had a blast doing that. You know, it was hard. It was uh, uncomfortable, all that kind of stuff. But I would love to go up there and, and, and do one of those hunts, whether, you know, we didn't get a moose that time. So whether that's a moose or, you know, even a bear, yeah, just one of those uh, hunts where, you know, you get out of your comfort zone for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you this question. Is there anything that fighting has taught you about hunting or vice versa that hunting has, has kind of taught you about fighting? Yeah, I would say the way I grew up, you know, my, my dad owned a construction business and, and kind of the ebb and flow of that, you know, and, and, and I would, I would work every summer in construction. And then, you know, my dad was like, go, go, go. So it'd be like a Saturday morning. And if he was bored, he'd be like, why don't we reside the house? You know? And if, so I, I was always kind of on, on the go and I, I still am now, you know, and, but it taught me a lot of, a lot about hard work and I, I wouldn't want to grow up any other way. And, and, same with hunting, right? You might be uncomfortable, you know, sometimes it might not be fun. It might suck, you know, but the overall experience, the overall process of that transfers to anything. And just like training, right? Do I want to go in there five, six hours a day, you know, and bust my ass and, and, you know, deal with injuries and I'm, I'm going against other really good guys not all the time, you know, I love it, but you know, too much straight for a training camp and I'm in there all the time regardless, but too much straight of hardcore training the whole time, it gets monotonous and all that, but there's something at the end of the tunnel, you know, a goal to attain. And I never want to walk in to the cage and say, did I do everything I needed to do? You know, I want to walk in there confident saying I did everything I needed to do to be successful and let the chips fall where they're going to fall because what else can I do? Right. Yeah. You might make mistakes here and there, but, um, it is what it is. And, and um, kind of on, on the hunting deal, right. If, if you have a, a great tag and, and you didn't put in any of the work, right. don't expect good results, you know? Um, and so there's a lot of similarities and I just think that hard work and, you know, if something goes bad, you know, it's not the end of the world. You just deal with it and, and, and move on. And, and uh, the, like my childhood, all that kind of stuff, it, it was all right, hard work. And um, nowadays, I, a lot of people are, something goes wrong. It's like, oh, poor me. Like, I, you know, you just go out there and, and do what you need to do to be successful and whatever that is, you know, and if you feel good that you've done everything and whatever you're going to do, what else is there? Right. Now, I, I, it's, it's funny when you mentioned that, you know, that, Sometimes it's, you're going to be uncomfortable or it's going to suck. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I reflect kind of fondly on those moments 
<clears throat> I think, you know, about past hunts or something where, yeah, you're not seeing anything. Like, you're just kind of yeah. like, oh, my God, I've blown this. Like, you know, yeah. nothing, nothing's coming together. Nothing works. And it, in that moment, it sucks so bad. Mm -hmm. Like, you're just, you're beating yourself up, and it's, <laughs> it's kind of a terrible feeling. But then afterwards, you kind of look back on it and go, actually, that was a great experience. 100%. <laughs> and you know what? I, I've told my wife that, and... Uh, I've taken her out coos, coos deer hunting a lot of times, and that's the one hunt where, like, you don't want to take somebody new out because you're going to be sitting on your ass the whole time, glassing for 10, 12 hours a day, and it could get monotonous, it could get boring, you sure. know, and, and I've taken my, my wife on a few hunts and, and her late elk tag, find a bull right away. I'm like, you're going to hate me, but we got to go about two miles to that other ridge over there, and we got to haul ass, you know, and... I'm pushing them and all that. And then, you know, she's like, oh, it sucks. Oh, I'm so tired. You know, everything under the book, under the sun, I mean. And then, um, you know, a month later, you know, I hear her talking about it to her friends or other, you know, mutual friends and how cool it was and this and that. And, yeah, it was hard, but it was fun. And, and those are the moments you look back and terrible in the, in the then and now, but then, you reminisce and it's a good time, you know, cause you sure. did go through some adversity and you got out of it and you lived and you, you know, and it, it's hunting to me is one of those things that I feel like a lot of people now in this day and age don't have that. They don't have that outlet, you know? And I, I for me, I need that outlet. I need to go out, get in the mountains, you know, do something hard, whether it's, a lot of fun or it sucked, but you look back fondly on that, you know? And I think a lot of uh, society today is missing that, that outlet. Yeah. Do you think people are surprised when they find out that, you know, you're as, as outdoorsy and, and hunting <laughs> directed as you are? A little bit, because I don't put out a ton on like social media. Right. Which kind of sucks because, I mean, you, you post anything and you get just hate mail, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And, and, um, yeah, if we go like on a legit hunt, you know, and show up and they're like, oh, you're, you're a pr pretty good hunter and all that. Like, you're into this. I'm like, yeah, I've been doing this my whole life, you know? Sure. And so I think people get a uh, perspective, a very small glimpse of your life on like social media, right? And that's right. where most people nowadays are, are seeing people, right? Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, I actually do get that a lot. <laughs> 100%. Is it, are, are it are a lot of the other fighters interested in, in, you know, outdoors or, or like, you know, when you mentioned like you're eating elk or something that's kind of like, you know, where'd that come from? Uh, I mean, all the fighters are kind of crazy themselves, you know, but in a good way. Um, a lot of them are, are kind of into it. Yeah. You know, there, there's a, a good amount that are definitely like hardcore hunters, you know, um, some kind of dabble in it. Um, but you know, for the most part, everybody's pretty cool with it, you know. Then you have, obviously, Rogan yeah. that's promoting it, you know, and sure. he's part of the UFC, and they mm -hmm. look up to him. So um, I think all all the fighters and all that kind of have a really open mind. Sure. You know, it, if it, anything, just on the uh, the food aspect of it. Right, right, sourcing your own protein. Yeah, and, exactly. And you as know? high quality as it is, because you can't, you can't seem to get that in any other form or fashion. I mean, no. you, can, you can buy farm-raised game meat, to yeah. some extent, but even then it's still not the same quality wise and, yeah, and nutritional I mean, wise. Not same quality. You got to go through the whole, like, and let me find somebody where I can get, you know, an elk backstrap and is it good? You know, 
how are they raised kind of deal and you got to go out and seek that right right whereas if you have a tag you know exactly where it came from you went out there and did that you killed that animal processed that animal whether you did it yourself took it to a process or whatever and then it's on your plate and it's a pretty dang cool experience you know sure. and then you look back and like oh this is what that that elk that you know my buddy and i or my wife and i went and tell a story and you know it's a it's a def, definitely a cool different experience yeah so I, I you and i were talking earlier before the show and and i'm a little depressed that I wasn't the first hunting podcast that you had been on. Yeah, <laughs> you were you were on a, a duck hunting podcast. Well, yeah, the other ones are duck hunting, so you know. Are you much of a duck? No, nah, not at all. Really? Yeah, okay. we we talked fighting a ton, so yeah. <laughs> well, so I mean, just going back to when we were talking about sucking, like pretty much, I can tell you that that you know, duck hunting sucks. Yeah. From an environmental perspective. Yeah. The, the environment that you're going into. Yeah. You know, it's it's. It, a lot of people are kind of like, hey, duck hunting looks interesting. And then you actually start telling them about it. It's like, look, it's cold. It's wet. There's almost no sleep. Um, yeah, you know, exactly. It's, it's actually fairly dangerous. I mean, if you're not, you know, yeah. careful and paying attention, I mean, you're, you're kind of, you know, you can see you're sleep deprived. Yeah. Um, typically running on like caffeine or sugar <laughs> or something in the morning. And you're walking into like someplace completely in the dark. You're stepping into water of an unknown mm -hmm. depth in the dark. It's cold, it's wet, it's miserable. Like half the time, you know, your fingers are freezing. It, you know, occurs throughout the winter. But, you know, all of that being said, like, like here's the miserable part of this. Like you're going to be wet, you're going to yeah. be cold. It's, it's that part of it isn't, isn't fun, you're, but you're going to learn to love that part. Yep. Because, you know, it's all come down to that one moment where those ducks cup up and swing yep. in feet down. And the moment you pull that trigger, you forget about all the pain, the suffering, the mm -hmm. cold. The, <laughs> right, exactly. You know, all of that goes away. Is is there a moment in fighting for you, like where it's like all of the 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 suck yeah. with training or whatnot, like it just it all goes away because like man, I just landed a great, you know. Yeah, it, it really is like right when that fight starts, really, because um, you make it. So imagine, like, all right, you're fighting. If if you didn't know about it and it spontaneously happened, right. you, you would fight. And it'd be, you'd be like, oh, what happened? Well, okay, everything's done and whatever. But if I was like, all right, you're fighting this other man on, you know, October 4th. Sure. And you're going to be locked in a cage. And he's highly skilled. Like, he's fighting for a title. So he made his way up there. And then tell me you're not going to think about that pretty much every day. You know, <laughs> and then you try. I've gotten a, a lot better at kind of like leaving MMA and fighting at the gym. Right. being a father, husband, you know, friend, everything else outside of it. Um, but when I was younger, it was not the case. I'd be thinking about it all the time in, in my training camp. So you wouldn't even see me, you know? Right. Um, and so for me, even through training camp, I'm like, ah, it's eight weeks away. Then you're like, that's a month away for me. It's a day actually the night before. And I'm a lot better now just experience alone. But like when I wake up, it's a day that I'm going to fight another guy in a cage, right? Sure. And so I used to have like trouble sleeping a little bit. And then um, that's gotten better. But the day of, you're like, all right, let's get my food in. Is it like hurry up and wait? Like I'm, my last fight I fought at almost 11 p.m. Right. Right. You're hanging out in the hotel, just waiting around. <laughs> and then you start to like, I don't know, daydream about something. And then you snap in, you're like, ah. Oh. 
gotta, I gotta stay focused, I'm fighting this other guy, but then you try not to think about it, same thing. And so that day is pretty rough for a lot of fighters because the day you're gonna compete. And, and it's basically like, I wanna just be able to compete well, to the best of my abilities, right? And then um, you fight, you go in, you make your way, you know, hour before you're like, I leave in an hour, try to eat something, whatever, you get there about two and a half, three hours early, drive into the arena, and you know, nerves start coming on, and you, you walk through that tunnel, go to your locker room, you kind of relax for a little bit, but then you, you see the fights kind of clicking. Oh, you, you're fourth, now you're, you're third up, you know, and then all of a sudden you're in the hole, you're next, and you're warming up and all that, and that's kind of nerve-wracking. I feel good when I'm like warmed up, but then when you get in there, you touch gloves and it, it's fight time, Right. all that kind of falls away. And you're like, all right. And you make, you make it bigger than it is in your head beforehand. Sure. And then you, you start fighting and you're like, oh, this, this dude's not that great. You're like, oh, you know, he landed a shot. And you're like, oh, that didn't hurt. You know, and you start, you start going from there. And, and that's when, when it's kind of like all goes away. And then everything in that moment too, it's, it's one of the only things really too that you, you don't care what's going on in the world, in your life. You have to be present in that moment. Everything else falls away. And that's a very cool thing that uh, not a lot of people get to experience. You know, it, it's, you know, every, the emotions of it kind of have gone away. Since when I, I was younger, it used to be like, what happened? I was fighting on instinct and all that. Now you, I'm, I can control that. Um, but you don't think about anything else. And it's, it's cool experience. And the best experience after is you get a win and all that work, the two months plus the, 20 years prior to that, you know, all that work and, and it came to fruition and, and, you know, save for my title fight, knocked out Fedor in 35 seconds. It was like, holy crap. That was like a life's work right there. And it just happened like that. And then all that pressure is just off you and you're just like, oh, I'm good now, you know, and, and it's definitely a, a crazy experience for sure. But that, that's the one moment that you go from a, uh, like, what am I doing during the day to, that was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Have you developed any like rituals that you kind of perform um, on the day of or? or we kind of have day? like a routine and like on my food, right? It's hard to kind of eat the day of, I'll get it down. But like, <laughs> I have my uh, corner man, he goes and like, really cooks these sweet potatoes, right? To the, we'll be in a hotel somewhere and he brings them in the kitchen, like, hey, can you cook these up? Like baby food, basically, like mushy, you yeah. know, so I can eat right before I go out, get those, you know, fast carbs in real quick. And, and then I pack, I pack my, my room, my clothes, everything spotless. It's like re- turnkey ready to go before a fight. And we always joke around about it. And uh, my one uh, cornerman was like, maybe it's like everything is where it should be. You know, every, you've done all the work, hay's in the barn kind of deal, and you're ready to go. Right. It's just something I have there. I have to, I'm talking about like all, even if I'm staying in that room, oh. you know, for two more days, like my toothbrush, everything is packed, ready to rock. And, and um, that's really only one thing. And I try not to get into other things and, and rituals because if it doesn't happen or whatnot, I don't want to like have that to be in my head and rely on that. Sure. No, I can, I can definitely see that. Um, it, it's, there's always like, uh, it, 
even within hunting sometimes, I mean, you, you know, you develop some kind of like oh, yeah. rituals between your friends and things like that. Any, any of those? or No, we just kind of roll with it. We, we like to have fun. And um, like I said, we, we hunt really hard, but we have fun at the same time. Yeah. You know, we, we want it to, to be a good experience. And like I said, I, I get more enjoyment now helping, helping friends, family out, you know, taking them on their first hunt, making it a, a good experience. And, and um, you know, every new person that I've, I've brought hunting or got into hunting, there's never been one that was like, eh, I could do without that. Yeah. Like that was such a cool experience. You know, even if we, you know, went on a crazy hike and, you know, it was raining or anything like that. Um, like I said, a lot of people don't get that these days. And, you know, I think, you know, we were, we need that in our lives, you know? Sure. And, um, but as far as rituals, not really. Yeah. Okay. We, do, we don't talk about like, oh, the, the buggy's holding up or the tires are holding up good or anything like that. Because every time there's been a couple of times like, man, these tires have been awesome. And then 15 minutes later we have two flats, you know? Right. And so we, we try to uh, keep that down a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I, the group of friends that I hunt with, um, we're, we're pretty notorious about, you know, bagging on each other pretty good. And oh, yeah. you know, like, you're going to don't fall asleep. Don't like, oh, yeah. like things are going to go bad. I, I would just be worried at some point, you know, like, like bagging on a guy like you just, you know, no, out of nowhere, it. throw a right hand, right cross or something. No, no. <laughs> yeah. We all, we give each other a bunch of crap all the time. That's all, you know, what makes it fun. Right. You know? Right. If you're sitting there glassing and you've been glassing for seven hours already, you know, just sit there. Yeah. go back and forth a little bit and you know um they're usually good buddies and that's what good buddies do yeah the the a lot of times some of the the best relationships and times you have with your friends are are in those you know kind of off yeah. or quiet moments of of hunts and stuff like that 100 percent. yeah you really get to know each other and you know you have the conversation veers deep, in a strange deep, yeah, strange deeper conversation and weird conversations <laughs> you know you're tired and you've been out and maybe in the sun all day and, and yeah it's it's pretty cool and and then when, you know when you get back to um like your 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 buddies that you go on hunts with like you have a a closer better bond with them yeah. you know i've seen too yeah no for sure well i'm sure you probably have to get back to it at some point yeah, I got a, we're good. We're going to go a little bit more, but. <laughs> well, I, I, I got to tell the audience here. I mean, it's, it's been, um, Ryan is a, is a very busy man. There's no question between everything he's got going on, his life, family, kids, yeah. training, fights, you name it. So Three podcast, kids and they're yeah. all, you know, their individual sports and all that. And then the you know, training camp, I'm, you know, I'm like usually shut down, you know, I'm just focus on that and family and, and cause I'm, it's hard. Like I said, I'm better at it now, but it's, I try to be present instead of looking for a future thing, like the fight. Right. You know? Um, but then afterwards you're like, Oh, I got some time. And then it's like, all right, you know, for sponsors or whatnot, you're like, Hey, come out here, do, you know, do this or fly here. And, and then, you know, it's one of those deals. And then, um, the summer here is the first one I've haven't had a, uh, a fight at the end of summer. Right. And you, you know, like I said, it's a selfish sport and you know, that, um, I'm like, got one in early August, you know, and the kids are out of school from June to July. I can't really go anywhere, you know? So, um, this summer we've taken the kids a lot of different places and, and, um, you know, have them experience some different things and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. use your time to enjoy them and things like that. 
When is your next fight coming up? I don't know. It'll, uh, it'll probably be in hunting season, you know. <laughs> um, sometimes, you know, right away, like my last fight, um, I defended the title here in Arizona. Tough Russian guy. And right away, I didn't even know they brought Chet Congo in. It was like, hey, you're fighting Chet Congo May 4th in, in Paris, you know. And so I knew right then and there. And I never got that mental break from not having a fight. Right. After this fight, you know, I don't know. Um, and then, you know, a month or two, you know, I'll be like, hey, what are you guys thinking? And I'll be like, well, maybe October or, you know. <laughs> and sometimes that stretches out to January or sometimes they're, they're right and it's October. Sure. So that's one thing it's kind of, I like to, I like to know and schedule around. Right. And, it, you know, friends will be like, hey, can you come to, say, Mexico on November or whatever? I'm like, I have no idea. I have sure. no idea uh, when the fight's going to be. Kind of like hunts, too. I book, you know, I put in for hunts and, like, well, see what happens, you know? Sure. Um, so it'll be nice when I can actually plan. Yeah. Well, yeah. speaking of which, I mean, today's deadline day for applications for yep. Arizona. So. Yeah. I got that in. <laughs> you got that in. I'm I'm slacking a little bit. I texted my I told my buddies. I said, "Yeah, make make sure that I don't forget tonight." Um, I've, I've done it before, and you're like, uh, "Oh, yeah. twelve pockets, and, and you're done." Well, the good news is for me, I do I I 100 love small game hunting, and mm -hmm. so you know those don't really require a lot of advanced yeah. planning or whatnot. So I can yeah. go duck or dove or squirrel or rabbit or whatever. Yeah, um, you know, kind of chasing around. So 100. That that to me is is probably the best it, it might even work better for you because then there's no schedule around it's it. true like, it's just like well you know we can and, and you don't have to have these very elongated hunts of like you know five six exactly seven just days. get out for the just morning for the day and yeah let and me know i'll have to roll with that <laughs> well you know uh september one i'm always in yuma that's that's the super bowl for dove hunting all so, right um it's hot it's it's miserable yeah uh, <laughs> you know but and they're done that as, as long as you can yeah as long as you can you know as long as you're shooting pretty well in the morning yeah you know, you're done fairly early, and then it's off to breakfast. You're, you know, eating breakfast by about eight, eight thirty in the there morning. And, you know, day's kind of done. You can Sounds just go like hang out day. in the pool, drink a couple of beers. So yeah, do it all over again. Well, thanks again. Appreciate it, Ryan. Buddy. Absolutely, I, I, I appreciate having you on. I, I just want to thank you. I mean, it's it's really cool, and I'm I'm glad I was finally able to make this this work for us. Me so. too, buddy. Absolutely. Hey, for you folks out there, um, this has been another episode of From the Backburner Podcast. Um, hope to uh, have another one out here in a couple of weeks and um, keep listening.